0: Jeep Talk Show, the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. The Toledo Jeep Fest is coming up the weekend of August 12th. What a great event you don't want to miss. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. You're listening to
2: a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast.
3: Nextentireusa, USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nextentire Tire MTX at nextentireusa.com. And when I say they're on the Gladiator, they didn't come on there. No, I had to buy them and have them installed. That's how good they are. Anybody need a, a good set of like uh, about 3,000 miles on a uh, the factory uh, AT from, uh, from Jeep? Yeah, I got some.
2: Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap
0: in, and brace yourself. The Jeep Talk Show is the official podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Keep listening for weekly updates about Mr. Vanderquack and his mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to mrvanderquack.com. That's mrvanderquack.com
2: looking to upgrade your Jeep? Who is it, right? How would you like to get free gear to make those upgrades happen even faster? The Jeep Talk Show, the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, is giving you, the listener, a chance to win big-ticket items from brands you know, love, and trust. One in on the action? We'll be giving away major Jeep gear from big-name brands every month. This isn't going to be stickers, hats, and T-shirts. We're talking about serious gear. Gear that can change your jeep build in a big way so listen to the show every week and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss your opportunity to win the jeep talk show's biggest
3: giveaways ever
0: i'm chris and i'm getting ready for the toledo jeep fest coming up august 12th through the 14th
3: Hi, I'm Tony, and I'll be interviewing Jim Kitson uh, this episode. So many off road driving schools across the country. You have no reason not to take your Jeep off road. You know, not that you have to, but it's so much fun. You should at least do it once. And uh, doing it off in an off road school, I think that's probably going to be the safest way for your Jeep. And when I say safest way for your Jeep, you're not going to get hurt. So (laughs) it's just, we're just worried about our, our precious Jeeps, right, Chris? Absolutely. So, Chris, uh, you know, you said uh, the Toledo Jeep Fest, uh, 12th to the 14th. Uh, you, are you going to be there the 12th to the 14th, or are you just going one day?
0: Uh, as of now, I'll be there on the 13th. Uh, there's some activities the evening of the uh, 12th, but uh, for sure the 13th. I don't know. We'll see what the 14th brings as well. And you're gonna unfortunate. Be- I'm not too far away, so I could drive there and back.
3: Oh, very nice. And, and, and you're going to be decked out in uh, Jeep talk show logo gear, aren't you? yes
0: i will yes i will i'll got a spot in the show and shine so i'll be parked along the parade route at some point so I'll be looking for listeners to come out and at least say hi get a selfie and uh, hang out and chat about jeeps
3: so what kind of products are you planning on taking uh for the show and shine is it going to be just some uh, some polish uh maybe some clay bar i mean how did you get hooked in on this is there do you get tips for the show and shine
0: no no tips yet i guess i'll just have to find a good car wash and uh, don't we don't have any product sponsors uh yet uh if anybody out there i don't know there's all kinds of them but uh, i'll just have to shine it up and uh just we'll just go show it the way it is
3: uh, you didn't get it i was talking about you actually having to clean jeeps out there at the, at the uh, event and working for uh. tips <laughs>
0: Mike, that's a, that's a thought. I could I could shine
3: the other Jeeps up. Well, you know, you're all be decked out, and the people don't ever know what Jeep Talk Show is. They now that they would just, you know, you could show up, and they think it's a nice uh, Jeep cleaning service.
0: <laughs> there you go. We we could go that route.
3: <laughs> well, I envy you because it. Uh, after talking to Whitney in q and A, a, a Q&A we had a few episodes back. Uh, I. It sounds like it's going to be a hell of an event. You've been to it before, right?
0: Yes, I've been to each one. Uh, they skipped one year, and then obviously we had COVID a couple of years ago. It's it's a great event, uh, all outdoors. There's an indoor portion with the vendors. I know this year, I believe I recall Whitney saying they're going to bring some of the vendors indoors uh, and and bigger and better. And there's going to be even greater presence from from Jeep proper. So really looking forward to the event.
3: Well, you know, uh, we're sending out a, a big Jeep Talk Show flag, so they, they may think uh, people may think that you just came there to install the flag there at the event.
0: Hey, if I need to, I can do that as well.
3: <laughs> Can-do attitude. <laughs> hey, welcome to the newest weekly episode for the Jeep Talk Show. We'll be referring to this as the interview episode, and of course, it's on Thursdays. I find it amazing that due to you, the listener, we have gone from one- episode a week to four not one but four. One, two, three, four. thank you for your support but just like most people we want more <laughs> we're asking you uh, we're asking you to let people know about the jeep talk show we're asking you to let people know about the jeep talk show in person social media tell them about our show the more listeners like you the more content we can bring you use hashtag jeep talk show and hashtag giveaways on your post Chris, you know why we want people to use hashtag giveaways, right? Yes,
0: because we're giving away a lot of products from a lot of great uh, product vendors and sponsors on the show.
3: Yeah, it's just amazing to me that uh, people would actually say yes to us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who are we? (laughs) So there we go. From around the world,
2: or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
3: All righty-ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight, we're going to be talking with Jim. He has been an off-road enthusiast since the 70s with a variety of toys, including snowmobiles, dirt bikes, dune buggies, quads, trucks, jeeps, and rock buggies. He has been a member of Great Lakes Four Wheel Drive Association since 1979 and over the years he's been involved at state and local levels of government regarding trail access, trail cleanups and ORV park development. He has been active, uh, I'm sorry, he has been active with GLFWDA as a trail ride leader and event organizer. Over the past 10 years he has been instrumental with the development of Holly Oaks Off-Road Park, or ORV I should say. Uh, which uh, is uh, located 50 miles northwest of Detroit. During the development of Holly Oaks, he and his wife saw the need for a specialized training for off road driving and in 2014 formed Adventure Off Road Driving uh, School LLC. AORDS focus on individual attention to their clients, focusing on slow, controlled driving. Over the past 10 or 12 years, his passion for rock rolling has grown, and he travels out of state several times a year to run some of the toughest rock trails around the country. Now, I always like giving you guys some information about where you can find out more information about uh, uh, our guest and uh, what he's talking about uh, while you're listening to the interview. So you're going to want to go over to Facebook and do a search for Adventure Off-Road Driving School. Did I get all that stuff right, Jim? Yes, you did. Excellent. I'm getting better at reading. Most of the time, I screw up. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. kind of screwed up a couple of times there, but not too bad. So, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Now, uh, we got to start with a Jeep. We got to talk about a Jeep. So, uh, number one, do you have a Jeep? And if not, I'm hanging up.
1: Well, I've got a couple.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's good. At least one.
1: <laughs> I, yep. Yep. i got more than one here. So, uh, so, what is that Jeep? Go ahead. Well, I've got a 99 Rubicon. Uh, tj that uh, we actually use for our driving school that's its primary principal and then i have uh, what's titled as a 49 willies that is a full-blown rock crawler but it uh it's kind of fun because it, it's street legal it has the original grill from the 49 and the original tailgate from the 49 willies the rest of it is not really anything but uh but, but a tube rock buggy. But its title is a Jeep, so that's where we run with.
3: So did you feel bad uh, changing that 49 from its original state to make it a rock buggy? I mean, I'm sure it's wonderful, but I, I, I've always kind of felt like, gee, it's, this, it's kind of like when I see somebody that has a, uh, the, the hood and fenders and tires from the front of a Jeep as a desk in an office. It's like I'm thinking, you killed that poor Jeep. At least you're using yours off-road.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't build this one. I bought it from a fella uh, named Brad Baxter up in Minnesota. He's built quite a few nice rigs, so he he's the one to blame for for uh, butchering <laughs> it. If you want to do that, but uh, really, it, it's it's a pretty sweet rig. It has a, it has all the look of a flat of an old flat fender. It's just a on forty two inch sticky
3: tires. <laughs> so the the ninety nine TJ, uh, tell me about it.
1: Well, that one is uh um, it's a got a stock for four liter in it, or uh, six liter, sorry, four liter, yeah. and uh, and automatic. Uh, it sits on 33-inch Patagonia, so it's locked front and rear, and uh, I don't know, it's on a three or four-inch lift. I've had this for a couple of years. When we started the driving school, we had a, a different uh, TJ that was bone stock, and this one came along, and you I know, already had a uh, worn winch on the front, worn bumpers front and rear, and was a, was a nice accessory for us to be able to do demonstrations because the bulk of our customers are, are driving daily driver type Jeeps and, uh, you know, having a, a big rig on stickies is not a good way to, you know, set an example or, or <laughs> demonstrate when you're, when you're out with the customers trying to teach them how to do the basics.
3: Yeah, it just scares so. them because I don't have that Jeep. I can't do what you just did. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. So this is well, probably a- the most important question about your Jeep, and it's, it's critical that you get the right answer. What color is your TJ? Black. Oh, I hit the wrong button. I was anticipating red. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Jim. That was the wrong answer. The correct answer of course is red.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't have hit it right anyway because the next choice was going to be green. We we've, we've we focused on uh, kind of bright green as our is our byproduct color for our our driving school. I I actually just sold a a different Jeep. It was a 90 uh 1990 YJ that I had since uh 19 or sorry, about 2001 I guess I bought that. Um had a iteration of different uh Chevy motors in it. When I sold it it uh it was sitting with a six liter L Q nine motor, turbo three fifty, atlas transfer case, one ton axles, and it was on thirty nine inch sticky tires. And it had a wrap that uh ironically turned out to look pretty much like the uh Diet Mountain Dew NASCAR wrap. And uh so bright green, bright white is was our color.
3: So how long was the wrap on there? When uh, I'm just kind of curious how long those things last, especially on an off-road vehicle.
1: You know, that wrap was not on there for very long. It's, it's kind of an uh, interesting story. I, I, I bought that Jeep, and then I did a full-body swap on it as, as it was rusting out over time. And then we color-matched it a burgundy color to match it to our motorhome. And then it kind of got beat up, and so we decided to wrap it with the, uh, with the bright wrap, because that's what my wife liked. And uh then uh, about a year later we ended up buying the buggy, so the YJ left. So I, I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I can tell you that I scuffed it up pretty good in many places.
3: So the thing that disturbs me the most is you said it got scuffed up somehow. You're not you're not aware of how it got roughed up on the on the trail?
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: Because we don't encourage I, I, drinking and wheeling here, uh, Jim.
1: <laughs> no, I. You know, I, I, I gave that up a long, long time ago.
3: Uh well, um, just just bending a couple of jeeps will uh, will cause you to straighten up, or with me anyway.
1: <laughs> you know, if if, if you want to have that short discussion, I'll tell you, it's it's a hundred percent of my daughter. We uh, we used to do a lot of trail riding when my kids were young, and uh, we were driving on the trail, and I had a beer between my legs and my. Five-year-old daughter said, Dad, you're not supposed to drink and drive. I looked at my wife and said, sure. She's right. And uh, that was the last time I ever drove and drank, period. And she's now 43 years old. So it's been a long time since I did any of that stupid stuff.
3: <laughs> well, we all we <laughs> all have to learn sometimes. And luckily, <laughs> yeah. uh, you learned early. So some people never learn.
1: Well, I did. I did. But I And I also found that I could get dumb enough uh, – doing stuff without any liquid encouragement so i've enjo- i've enjoyed the hardcore stuff for a long time
3: i don't need a dumbass uh, shoehorn i could do it all by that's right. myself
1: that's right yeah I've, I've 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 flopped multiple times and uh i i don't need any help
3: so tell me about this uh, orv park holly oaks and uh, how you got involved in it and uh you know just some some good information about it
1: you know it's okay so there's 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 a long story to it that I'll try to keep short. Um, I joined Great Lakes World Association, like I said, back in 1979, so I, I've been involved in it for a long time. Back in the mid-'70s, the Michigan DNR was establishing uh, ORV trails for ATVs, motorcycles, single tracks, full-size vehicles, and they recognized the need for an ORV area in southeast Michigan near Detroit. Unfortunately, what they did is they set it up in a fashion that the only way it would operate is if it was run by a local unit of government. Which means if you and I said, hey, we'll do it for you, the state wasn't interested. And for a long time, the county, or there was, there was no local government that was interested in doing it until the early 2000s when a guy by the name of Dan Stencil, who was head of Oakland County, uh, or, uh, park system, decided that this might be something good. And it's interesting because Oakland County Parks is a, is a fairly affluent county that's uh, north of Detroit. You know, a lot of automotive people and, and whatnot live in that area. So they've been pretty innovative in a lot of different parks. So they started after it, but, of course, government is government. And they did studies, and they did polls, and they did this and that. And they finally uh, they, they had a guy working on it um, that started actually in 2003, and I ran into this guy, his name was John Noyes, uh, in about 2012. They were trying to, to get an old gravel pit established as an ORV park, and they had public hearings. And I, I was going to the public hearings and speaking, and uh, I ended up meeting this guy who was uh, what they call a park planner. And the local people in that community ended up shooting it down and were not interested in ORV park, and so it kind of died. And then a few months later, John approached me and said, hey, we're looking at another area. Are you interested in participating with this as, as a user advisor? And I said, sure. And as it turns out, it's only nine miles from my house, which is pretty awesome. So uh, again, they went through all these different processes. And, you know, John is kind of a, um, a city kind of guy. Uh, an ORV park is not something he knew anything about. And I challenged these guys and said, if you guys are going to operate an ORV park or build an ORV park, how are you going to do that if you've never been off-roading? And they admitted that was a problem, and so I invited them to ride along. So I uh, I organized some ride-alongs where these guys from the park came out with us to some other different places, and uh, I ended up, in fact, taking John all the way down to the Badlands, which is in Indiana, uh, to be able to see what ORV amounts to. Uh, and did some snow runs with a big uh, group snow run where there's a banquet and awards and all that stuff so he got a he got an experience that it's a community as opposed to just a bunch of yahoos running around saying hold my beer
3: <laughs> yeah hippies, which is
1: what everybody you, seems to think it is
3: you damn hippies and, and you're tearing up the land yeah. type thing yeah i was just going to say yeah. i bet you had a lot of surprised uh people uh and finding out just how fun it was
1: we did. They really enjoyed it, and what, the thing that, that that seemed to strike them as much as anything was the camaraderie, you know. Because we'd be out someplace and somebody had some form of a breakdown, and they were just amazed how everybody would jump together, you know, pull out tools, you know, help change a tire or whatever, and it was all part of the spirit and the fun, and as opposed to you know somebody causing a problem and, and being a trail plug, and, and they realized that there's a whole community here. So then they they wanted to do a test event and. Right next door to uh, where this park is developed was an abandoned gravel pit that was owned by the township. I guess the point here is that Northern Oakland County is actually a huge gravel area from the from the glaciers. There's there's a lot of gravel and sand deposits, so it's there's gravel pits all over here. So the the township owned an abandoned um, gravel pit, and we put together a couple test events they were called the gully runs where there were three of us who got together and helped build some obstacles. And we invited the first group was, I think 75 people came out and they did video and they did interviews and they were trying to understand what people were doing with their vehicles. We did a couple of those test events and uh, that, that was the first step into it with the government and the the, the government People are really, really difficult because many of them just don't <laughs> understand that this is a fun form of, rec- re- uh, you know, recreation. You, you know, Michigan has a lot of lakes. We have got a lot of golf courses, and it seems like all those people that are on the Parks Commission uh, think that Saturday afternoons should be spent on the golf course or at the yacht club, <laughs> and and they they just don't understand that going out and getting dusty and dirty is something that people really enjoy doing. Right, and uh, they they finally started catching on, so that. Yeah, it's continued to linger. And uh then in two thousand seventeen the state purchased two hundred and thirty five acres of uh gravel pits. Uh two two adjoining gravel pits, each one was about hundred and twenty acres, and uh and basically turned that over to the county and said, Here you go, here's the property for you to, to develop it and then We continued with additional test events because the government requires test events for everything. And eventually, finally, in uh, September of uh, 2020, Hollyoaks ORV Park opened up to the public. So that lasted, or that took from 1975 all the way up to 2020 for this park to ever come to fruition. And that's why I say it's a 45 year process to get it done.
3: And they say you can't get anything done when the government's involved <laughs>
1: oh gosh. it was it was crazy, and I had a lot of friends say that i w- you know that I was crazy because I kind of just uh, I ended up being kind of the champion for this uh we We had one really interesting thing that that uh, i'm I'm kind of proud of because it's unique, and that is the state had bought the property, but the county had not committed to developing this as a park and we got wind that there was going to be a, uh, a Parks Commission meeting, which they always happen on a weekday in the middle of the day, which means everybody's at work. And they were going to have a vote on whether or not they were interested. And we had the feeling that it was going to get voted down. And I got on the horn, I got on Facebook, and I started challenging people saying, you know, it's time to put up or shut up. We ended up having 330 people show up for this Parks Commission meeting. It is the single largest turnout that Oakland County has ever had for any parks meeting. And it was all positive. People just walked up and they talked about family. They talked about doing stuff with their kids. They talked about it, you know, that they're working, you know, 12-hour days and they can't afford to go up north and having something right around the corner where they could buzz out on a, on a Sunday afternoon after church, they, it, it, just, it was unbelievable, and, and it ended up that these guys were just shamed to voting uh, this voting through because was 300 people standing there looking at them, and they've got to take a vote, and there was no reason to vote it down. And uh, so it was kind of unique. That was kind of a fun time when, when that came
3: Oh, you know, I, I came can about. imagine it was just so, uh, it made you feel so good after putting so much time and effort into it to have so many people uh, turn out like that and support, not not necessarily you, but because of you and that effort that it actually got to this point where it could actually happen.
1: Yeah, they supported the cause. And, and it was great. I mean, we had people, I mean, you know, you got to understand Michigan is, is a pretty long state. North to south is it's 400 miles. We had people as far away as St. Marie, uh, Michigan, which is right on the Canadian border by Lake Superior, drove all the way down to help support this. And from the West side of the state, which is another 150 miles away, it was, it was amazing what ended up happening. And, uh, that was just fun. It was was a great time. So anyway, they, they voted it through and, and then we got our park opened up. And so now the park's been open, uh, Opened in September of 2020, so then, of course, we had COVID and all that fun stuff. Um, Last year was their first complete season, and they're slated to open back up again here in April because they shut down through the winter.
3: So now you have a bunch of people uh, in the general area of the ORV park that uh, have off-road vehicles. They've been uh, cooped up with uh, this COVID uh, stuff, and uh, damn it, they want to get outside. They want to learn how to wheel, and uh, I think that's where you stepped in next.
1: Yeah, it was, again, that came from John Noyes, our guy, uh, that's the planner. He, he, uh, you know, watched what happened and he said, Hey, you've got a good way with people. And I think that there's going to be a need for people to learn how to, uh, to do this and need some training. And so my wife and I kicked it around, uh, as a side note, we're both, uh, chief awareness instructors for United four wheel drive association, which is kind of a worldwide program that United had put together. And, uh, we decided to kind of do our own thing and we did it a different way and our focus was on uh individualized attention so we limit our classes to five vehicles per class and uh you know you're welcome to bring your spouse or your buddy with you we just ask that you don't bring any young kids or or pets because we don't want distractions and we we decided to put together this program that was we started the basics and uh, what four-wheel drive is how it works and then we we do an hour-long PowerPoint with everybody, and then we go out and we spend another three hours out in the park practicing what we talked about, starting out in two-wheel drive, then we go to high range, then we go to low range, so they understand what all this is for. You know, the Jeeps have the downhill descent in the newer vehicles, so we teach them what that means, how it works. Um, we air down their tires. We, we, we target 12 PSI. Uh, 12 PSI seems to work good for pretty much any Jeep vehicle that's going to come out in a class and yet you can still buzz down the road back to the gas station to air up or local restaurant or if you live close, you know, if you keep your speed down. So we talk about all that. We show them really what it, what it means and, and what the footprint change is. We teach them how to air down their tires. We, we give them a link on a, a low-pressure tire gauge and a tire deflator so that they know how to do it. And, you know, I'll teach you how to air down one tire, and then you're going to do the other three. And uh, my wife participates in this and she's a great coach with this stuff. And and it's just turned into a really good uh, program for entry-level people. You know, we offer classes all the way up to advanced rock crawling. Uh, The the biggest thing there is we don't get too many people interested in that because by the time people are equipped to actually go out with with a true rig that's set up to be able to handle the rocks with, you know, bigger axles and skid plates and things like that, they're reasonably seasoned anyway, and they don't really need, you know, some knucklehead like me telling them what to do. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we have some people like that, but the bulk of our people have been entry level. And then we offer a beginner two class, um, which means basically you have to be a returning client. So when you come to the beginner two class, we skip the PowerPoint because you've already seen it. And uh, we are on our tires and go right at it and just kind of pick up where we left off and work with things that, you know, might be a comfort level problem for somebody. Maybe they don't like hills or maybe they don't like getting off camber. So we try to, you know, push them down that road even more. Um, so, that you know, the, the the class, like I say, we start out in two-wheel drive, then go to high, then go to low. And then we, we work our way through. The, the focus is slow and controlled. Hear your vehicle. Turn your radio off. Listen to your engine. Listen to your traction. Understand when your, your your transmission is is slipping, when your engine is laboring, you know, when you need to change gears, and they're amazed at what they can crawl without needing any momentum. So then we go from a, a hard pack surface to a sandy surface. The hill is almost the same incline, but lo and behold, maybe you got to back up and, and hit it a little bit faster. Then we get into off camber and we get into some uh, some irregular terrain. Like I say, we do the downhill descent. And uh, we actually have a unique feature at Holly Oaks called Mount Magna. And uh, that's that's a shot creek feature that's about a half acre in size that we actually brought Rich Klein uh, out from. We got him to come out of uh, Utah and come out east with us and help us build this feature that we pretty much modeled it after features that are at Moab. So we've got a hot tub. We've got Potato Salad Hill. We've got Rocker Knocker. Got a golden crack. Um, we've got a Hell's Gate. Uh, obviously, all this stuff is on a smaller scale, but it's uh it's a pretty cool thing for people to do. And what's fun is by the end of our class, after three hours in the field, we've got people that are crawling on Mount Magna, uh, where they never envisioned that they were going to be able to drive on something like that when they'd never driven off-road before.
3: So So let me let me stop you for a second. Let me stop you a second because I want to make sure that people understand what the requirements are for for the beginner class. So you have to be a a male and you need a highly modified Jeep for the beginner class, correct?
1: Well, that's only if you want to be macho. (laughs) So you know, but if but if you want to be a real off-roader, you can be any gender with any version of a Jeep. And uh, I I know this is the Jeep Talk Show, but we we do offer the class for any four-wheel drive full-size vehicle. But focus, you know, I and I'll tell you that ninety-five percent of our customers are Jeep vehicles because they're really the best out of the gate, off the shelf, out of the showroom vehicle there is for off-roading
3: well this is what we tell uh, our listeners is that you can take your stock jeep straight off the showroom floor and go out and take one of these classes it's it's more than capable it's more capable than you are and that's the uh, the other great reason to take an off-road class uh like jim is offering here so uh it's great to have one in all kinds of areas across the country something close to you so that means uh if you're a woman and you want to learn how to drive your jeep I mean, it literally could save your life because you don't know what situation you may be in on a road uh, during a emergency, uh, whether it's a, an earthquake or a hurricane or a tornado, and knowing how to drive that Jeep off-road may save you and your occupants' lives.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, and part of what we talk about with our customers is we, we talk about the difference between OHV and ORV. I realize there's different terminology around the country, but we basically promote to our customers that... OHV is off-highway vehicle where you're you're driving on seasonal roads or mining roads or unimproved roads of some type around the country and ORV is more cross country uh, over rocks and logs and through ditches and whatnot and you know we get customers that say well I don't really want to do ORV I want to do OHV and what I try to explain to them is look okay you've gone out west and you're you're driving down some trail that's had a flash flood and it's, it's got logs in it. It's, it's got washouts and you get into a sandy area and you need to get over that log. How are you going to do it? That's right. And, and, and by learning how to do your ORV techniques enhances your OHV experience. And, and we, you know, we have a lot of people who are getting into the overlanding thing and uh, you know, they've got the, you know, the tents and whatnot on top of their vehicles and they're going out and exploring and we're giving them the confidence to know that they can drive and, and run across that, that log or, or, or stream bed or something that's in front of them and, and know how to conquer it. Right. You know, not everybody's out to go out and do extreme rock crawling. They're, they're out to experience the outdoors.
3: Yep. But there's no reason to not know a little, a little bit, like I say, either to get you from point A to point B or, or save your life. So it can be uh, oh, sure. one extreme or the other.
1: Right. And we, and we, that's why we, again, we teach them how to air down their tires and why and, you know, what it does for you. It also helps in the snow. And, uh, you know, you mentioned about stock vehicles versus highly modified. And one of the things that's really interesting that we see, we see so many different vehicles coming out now. Uh, you know, the Jeeps that, that are anything from, you know, low to the ground with street tires on them to, you know, some of the dealerships now are offering, uh, you know, four inch lifts with, or, six inch, whatever they're doing with 37 inch tires and a winch on the front and a bumper right off the showroom floor. And what's kind of amazing is people start realizing that, you know, a nice, soft, rounded street tire does better in the sand than an aggressive mud tire does. And it's kind of amazing when people start watching each other, which is kind of the fun part of having uh, a, a group session. You know, we've done some private lessons with with people, and we've really found that that the group class, Each is better than a private class does because you get to observe other people doing things right, doing them wrong, how different vehicles perform. And, uh, yeah, stock vehicles are amazing what a Jeep will do right off the showroom floor.
3: Yep, it's important to uh, to know that. We keep repeating that because you don't have to be uh, lifted and large tires and all that stuff to be able to enjoy that Jeep off-road. So uh, I just wanted to mention here real quick, you got a little something, something for our listeners uh, that uh, you want to, uh, I don't want to say give away, but offer to them, don't you?
1: Yeah, we just felt that, uh, you know, with, with talking here on the Cheap uh, Talk Show, that uh, we would offer a, a 10% discount to anybody that uh, signs up for a class within 30 days of, of when this uh, program gets aired. And uh, we would welcome them to come out and, and experience what we do. Um, you know, we want a keyword to be that when you're going to sign up with us, that you're going to say "slow and controlled" because that's what we focus on. That's what we teach, and uh, hopefully, we'll get some uh, some people that might be interested.
3: Oh, I bet you will. I know we have uh, a few listeners up in that area, that general vicinity, anyway, uh, and I think we do have one uh, one person at least in uh, in Detroit. So you know how the kids love the social media these days. I think we've uh, we've already found out that uh, you guys are located on uh, Facebook. And uh, if you want to go over there and sign up or get more information, just go to Facebook and search, do a search for Adventure Off-Road Driving School. Uh, I, I know uh, Jim and I suspect and his wife uh, do a lot of chatting back and forth through the messaging app on, on Facebook to help uh, get you guys uh, uh, geared up or uh, getting ready to, uh, to come out and uh, be part of the learning experience. Uh, is there any place else that you guys are with the, the Instagram, the TikTok, uh, any of that stuff?
1: No, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm this old guy that's not real tech savvy, and so we've uh, we've kind of stuck to Facebook right now. Not that not that that's where I want to be long term, but it, it, Facebook has kept us as busy as we need to be. Um, I do want to throw out a plug too because we've talked about Holly Oaks ORV or Park, but you know we've got another ORV Park here in in Central Michigan that's a couple hours away from us uh, called Rocks and Valleys. It's a very very popular ORV Park. And uh, before Hollyoaks got opened up to the public, uh, Ron Price, who's the manager of, of uh, Rocks and Valleys, uh, generously offered to let us do our classes up there at his place. And we still do a couple classes there a year, every even though it's you know two hours away. So uh, they're they're a great group of people up there, and I think that I want to give them a shout out because they deserve it.
3: Well, it's great that you do that because I'm sure that that park is uh uh close uh to other people and if you you're going up there 2 hours that means they don't have to as far to go.
1: Right, well, a lot of people come from northern part of the state and come down and meet us halfway.
3: Oh, yeah. Hey, and if you don't mind, uh, can you give me an idea what your what the the fee is for your basic uh, starter class?
1: Uh the fee is $150 per driver. Uh we we uh you know, we say per vehicle or per driver. We've had people that want to swap back and forth and, and because our training uh technique is progressive, we we don't really want people swapping around because you're you're gonna go from mild to more aggressive and, and uh you can't just have people hopping in and out of the driver's seat and swapping around.
3: Oh yeah, so, they'll uh, miss something.
1: Yeah, they're absolutely they they've lost the technique, they they haven't experienced the the previous technique. You know, we teach a lot of two foot driving. Uh because we want people, again, to be able to slow control, drive up on top of a rock or a log and not get jostled around. Uh, obviously, teaching people with a clutch is a different technique, oh, yeah. uh, which, is, which is really learning how to trust your vehicle in an idle and understanding what the torque will do when you're in low range first gear, uh, how much you can just take your foot straight off the clutch and drive it.
3: Yeah, you don't want to pop that clutch, clutch. Uh, in low range, do you?
1: <laughs> no, you don't want to pop it, nor do you want to smoke it. You know, yeah. there are a lot of people, you know, they think they got to be, you know, uh, uh, just feathering the clutch all the time. And when you do that, it, you're 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 smoking the clutch a lot of times. Yeah, so, it's, it's you know, just
3: guys, it's just like riding around with your your foot on the brake. It's the same type thing. You're you're heating yep. up that heating up that thing, and it's it's going to fade on you, and it's not going to be good.
1: Yep. So back to your question, it's one hundred fifty dollars for the four hour class. And uh, we, we, we hold that price for all of our classes uh, because all of our classes are based on a five-person or five-vehicle uh, class session.
3: Oh, very good. Nice uh, small group so you can spend a lot of individual time with everybody.
1: Right, right. And we, and we felt that we we're, were at a price point where people, uh, it's affordable, and, uh, they, and they also feel like they got something out of it.
3: Well, with uh, with all that uh, hour long uh, class and the three hours off road, you guys are making like fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, by the time we get there, you know, there's the drive to the park and the setup and the teardown and all that. But uh, <laughs> you know, we we yeah, we yeah we we do our class. We've got a thirty eight foot enclosed gooseneck trailer uh, that's set up with heat and, and air conditioning and generator and a uh, TV in it. So um, and an awning outside. So if the weather's good, we do the class underneath the awning. Uh, if the weather is crummy uh, then we'll move into the trailer but we do our classes rain or shine uh, because if you're going to go off-roading you need to be able to handle whatever weather is there you're not going to take a week's vacation and go somewhere out of state and and then say well i'm not going off-roading because it's raining (laughs) you know uh although those of us with buggies have a tendency to be bigger sissies than the people that actually have (laughs) you know more mild vehicles but it uh The one thing that we have done is we have shut down our classes through the winter because I don't feel that I can teach you good traction and understanding your vehicle when it's snowy and icy. Right. Uh, Nor, nor do I want to stand at your window when there's a 15
3: degree (laughs) wind chill. More importantly, I don't want to stand (laughs) at your window.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so actually, our first classes of this season are just a week from now here, uh, March 25th and 26th or whatever it is, Uh, Saturday and Sunday. We're kicking off our new season and and we'll be going to the beginning of November uh, throughout the summer.
3: That's great. Hey, Jim, I can't thank you enough for being here with us and sharing all this information. And uh, now you guys have a new place that you can go and learn how to go off-roading. And, and maybe you've been off-roading before, and I, I guarantee you, you don't know all there is to know. And you can go over there uh, and uh, let Jim show it to you. Just uh, don't act like you know it all. Just, you know, absorb it. <laughs> say yes, thank you. And if you know it, uh, you have the warm fuzzy of knowing that you know it, but I guarantee you, you will learn something. I know I learned something whenever I, I took an off-roading one-on-one class uh, here a few months ago uh, here in the uh, the great state of Texas. Jim, thank you so much okay. for being with us and uh, love to have you have you on again. And, and, and thank you from all of us that uh, need a place to take our very expensive off-road vehicles to go uh, take them off-road for sticking with that uh, that park until it actually became a reality.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me, and, and thanks for the compliments. I'm, I'm really pleased to be here. Thanks for having me.
3: Have a great night. You too. Thanks again to Jim Kitson for taking the time to talk about Adventure Off-Road Driving School. Chris, uh, have you ever been to a driving school? Does this sound like one that you might want to go to?
0: I've not yet, but this definitely does. And I'm fortunate Jim uh, runs his schools local to me within the Michigan, Ohio area. So that's something I... I I would really like to get to, and, and will at some point uh, in the in the near future.
3: You know, I've been doing off road stuff for for uh, many years. Uh, there was a big gap between my f- uh, full size uh, Chevy truck and then when getting getting the Jeep, and of course we all remember all the issues with the overheating of my XJ while taking it uh, very far down the highway. So I haven't gone on gone off-road that that many times but it's not a foreign concept to me and i went and took a one-on-one class and the cool thing about it was is they knew things about my what my gladiator would do that i didn't know uh like it would hold itself in place on an incline and then release so it would kind of uh it would kind of help you do things without having to work the pedals as, as quickly as you may have to so, uh, I mean, some could say that's a bad thing because you need to be fully cognizant of what your vehicle uh, is capable of doing uh, and and not rely on the automated stuff. But at least I know what the automated stuff is. And there was another thing. I can't remember what it is. Uh, oh, I think it was um, uh, descent control uh, that uh, is on there, too, which was really fun to use. And the instructors knew uh, enough about it to be able to tell me what was going to happen. And what I would feel, and it was it was just great. I mean, you, just, you basically learn something, uh, potentially learn something new from somebody else. Somebody else is always going to know some little something that you don't know, or more about it anyway.
0: Yeah, just like an exercise. I mean, you you don't do something just once, and you're an expert. It's great to you know go to school, even if it's a one on one, like you said. If you've been off roading your whole life and there's still something a little nugget you can learn from someone else's perspective
3: and that's a good point i mean anything that's important you want to take refresher courses so even if you've been to the the class before uh if it's been a year or a couple of years it doesn't hurt anything to go out there and do it again and it just reinforces uh what you've already learned it's it's not a bad thing at all and by the way What does it hurt going off-road again? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm sorry, honey. I got to go off-road today. No, no. It's for learning. (laughs) So whatever it takes, right? Absolutely. And then uh, coming up next week, we're going to have uh, Tara Thompson of Dixie 4-Wheel Drive. What a great interview. She was a lot of fun to talk to. I really enjoy uh, the Jeep Talk Show is following her on Instagram, and I really enjoy seeing her make uh, the modifications uh, uh, and taking her, uh, her Jeep off-road. Uh, a very uh, interesting and uh, lovely person.
0: It's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact, and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe.
3: Good God, Chris. Why would they unsubscribe? This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Not at all. <laughs> should never be done but you but you got to say it right because you don't want to think yeah. you're it's like an aol uh a contract or something where like well why do you want to why do you want to cancel your service sir i'm sorry uh yeah we need it in writing and triplicate and uh, but uh well i can't find any carbon paper anymore well that's not our problem
0: <laughs> yeah it's like the 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 lawn the lawn service scam where they would come to your door and you could sign up for lawn service but you had to send a fax and some folks may not even know what a fax is oh, but had to send a fax in writing to cancel
3: that's <laughs> wonderful hey thanks again to our guest jim kitson and if you've enjoyed this jts interview be sure and find our guests on social media and thank them for coming on the show and don't forget the Jeep talk show has another interview coming up real soon weekly in fact uh we'll talk to you then i've since 2010